Illinois lawmakers returned to the State House on Tuesday, November 12th, for the final three days of the veto session, with ethics reform seemingly at the top of everyone's agenda. But there are still plenty of other issues waiting to be resolved as well. We'll talk about that in this edition of Capital Cast. <music> Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. I'm Rebecca Anzel. Public corruption seems to have been a hallmark of politics in Illinois, and especially Chicago, for decades. People joke about it, some shrug it off as simply the way things are here, and many Illinoisans have probably become cynical about the idea that anything can be done about it. But the ongoing and sweeping federal probe now going on in the Chicago area seems to be marking a turning point. First, State Senator Tom Cullerton of Chicago was indicted on federal embezzlement charges, accused of being on a labor union's ghost payroll while serving as chairman of the Senate Labor Committee. Then federal agents raided the State House office of Senator Martin Sandoval, who had been chairman of the Senate Transportation Committee until he stepped down under pressure while the investigation continues. So far, he has not been charged with any wrongdoing. And then in late October, State Representative Luis Arroyo was arrested and charged with allegedly trying to bribe an unnamed state senator in exchange for the senator's support of a gambling-related bill that would have benefited the client of Arroyo's outside lobbying firm, which lobbies Chicago city government. That was apparently the final straw for many in the State House, as Republican and Democratic leaders alike called for Arroyo to resign or be ousted from office. He resigned Friday, November 1st, just hours before a special House investigative committee was about to meet to begin ouster proceedings. Now there are bipartisan calls for broad-based comprehensive ethics reform at the State House, but the two parties seem to be taking different approaches. Republicans have offered a package of bills that they say can be enacted right away, while Democrats are calling for more comprehensive reforms that could take months to finalize. Thank you. We're here because we have a sense of urgency to move quickly. We have a sense of urgency to clean up and change the culture of Springfield. It has to start now. Uh, the bills that, uh, that were just discussed are common sense. They make perfect sense. They do not need extensive study by committees or task force. These are ready to go. Yeah, we need to look at comprehensive ethics reform in our state. And that's why what I've suggested is that with only three legislative days next week, we're not going to be able to get everything done that needs to get done. But we ought to begin. There you heard House Republican leader Jim Durkin of Western Springs and Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker. So now we wait to find out whether or not anything will happen during the veto session. Peter, do you think it looks like anything will? It's hard to tell at this point. Uh, Democrats are clearly in the driver's seat on this. Uh, The governor, as well as uh, Senate President John Cullerton, uh, have talked about forming some sort of large-scale task force to study all kinds of ethics reforms, maybe come up with some big comprehensive bill. Uh, There is some danger in that, I think, because on any kind of reform subject, whether it's tax reform or ethics reform, you can build majorities around some ideas, you can build different majorities around different ideas, but when you package them all together, sometimes you load it up like a Christmas tree and it collapses of its own weight. Uh, So we'll have to wait and see what kind of approach they're going to take. 
Meanwhile, there's more tobacco-slash-nicotine legislation being considered. Vaping and flavored tobacco products seem to be in the anti-smoking campaign's crosshairs now. Uh, What's going on there, Rebecca? Yeah, there uh, is a a multitude of uh, anti-flavored tobacco and vaping products bans uh, going on. The chief among them is uh, Senate President John Cullerton's bill. He's a Democrat from Chicago. Um, That would ban all vaping cartridges and flavored tobacco products, so uh, cigarettes, cigars, hookah products, all of those. After a committee hearing during the first week of veto session, he was speaking with reporters, and he seemed to indicate that um, he might sort of back off of banning those tobacco products, so just narrowing that bill to focus on vaping products, which have come under fire after recent uh, lung-related illnesses. Yeah, and so we know that there are vaping products out there that are bubblegum-flavored, that are grape-flavored. They seem to be really engineered to target children. But then you have, like, menthol cigarettes that have been around since the 1950s, and you have different kinds of, like, cherry-flavored cigars and different mint-flavored chewing tobacco, those sorts of things. Uh, Did the tobacco industry come out uh, and put pressure to kind of narrow this bill down? They did. There was both testimony during the, the committee hearing. Um, there were a few lobbyists who all pointed toward flavored tobacco products being a major money driver for that industry, um, that if these products were banned from being sold, that would really hurt um, convenience stores that have also been hurt due to the gas tax. So, yeah, so retailers uh, apparently have some interest in this. And then I imagine there are certain consumers, people who choose to use tobacco products, uh, who are uh, they're adults, they've made their own choices, and they like those products. Is that kind of part of the equation? The vaping industry sort of looks at these flavored products, and I'm sure people who use maybe flavored tobacco products too, but mostly the vaping industry have said that flavored vaping products are almost akin to cessation products. You can't call them that because they haven't been dubbed such by the uh, FDA, but they have been treated as such. And um, so they say that if an adult has used uh, a gummy bear flavored vaping device to help them get off of smoking, you know, a combustible cigarette, fine, let them have that. And why would you, why would you ban that for them? Okay, so we'll wait and see how that turns out. Another issue coming up, and we'll just run through some of the issues that we are pretty sure are going to come up. Chicago uh, still wants a gambling casino. Legislation was passed during the regular session to authorize that, subject to a feasibility study. That feasibility study came back and said it wouldn't be feasible, mainly because of what were called onerous taxes and fees that were attached in that bill. So Chicago is asking for a trailer bill to come along to design some sort of regulatory and tax framework that would uh, make a Chicago casino feasible. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago is staring down the barrel end of a very large budget deficit, and she would desperately like to have a casino that could produce a lot of revenue. Uh, And meanwhile, there is some follow-up legislation to take care of regarding legalized adult recreational use of marijuana. Rebecca, what's going on with that? So uh, there's some misunderstanding about, mainly um, among other issues, but there's some misunderstanding about whether once recreational marijuana becomes legalized in January, 
people would be able to smoke in restaurants or other public areas. Um, the language is a little bit unclear in the law. Uh, Senator Heather Staines, she is also from Chicago, she's Democrat, had said that the bill was never intended to do that. Um, and so they, she and her colleagues intend to fix that language, make it more clear that that is not the case. Deputy Governor Christian Mitchell, he helped write that legislation. He told Capitol News back in uh, September that public consumption is needed in some capacity to prevent what he called de facto prohibition for people who live in apartments um, that ban smoking. And so there's an interesting dichotomy there between the senators and the, the governor's administration. Okay, so something's going to have to be worked out there. Meanwhile, there's kind of an obscure bill, but I think a lot of public employees are going to be interested, having to do with labor relations. That's Senate Bill 1784 by Senator Don Harmon, a Democrat of Oak Park. This is kind of a response to a U.S. Supreme Court decision that came down in 2018 called Janus versus Ask Me. That's the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees. And that's the one that said... Public employees who choose not to belong to a labor union cannot be charged agency fees, which unions have collected to cover their cost of collective bargaining, because those non-member employees still benefit from the collective bargaining process. Uh, Janice, after winning that case, went back to federal court to try and get a refund of all of the agency fees he had paid throughout his 10-year career in the state of Illinois. And uh, just earlier this week on February 5th, a federal appeals court said, no, he's not entitled to do that. And now the legislature is trying to preempt any such action uh, with a bill that would say non-union employees are only entitled to a refund of fees they paid after the date of the Supreme Court decision in 2018. So those are a few of the things that we'll be following next week when lawmakers return for the final days of the veto session. Until then, you've been listening to Capital Cast, a production of Capital News Illinois. If you enjoyed this show, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and iTunes. Until next time, thank you for listening.